slow-mo there a little slow asmr there beer can opening a little teaser what's up everybody this is episode 262 of living off the land i'm your host dan here with steven and here again with uh former co-host uh kind of summer co-host <laughs> uh edition uh summer intern so, uh, I like that. Summer whatever intern. <laughs> whatever we're gonna call him ryan donathan is back with us again how are we doing tally ho the intern that doesn't do show prep. I like it. I'm like none the, of us uh, do show prep. I'm like the the veteran, <laughs> um, the veteran who doesn't want to do um, OTAs. And, yeah. What are you and, doing, and, by the way, by uh, over there on your tablet? Me? Yeah. Oh, I got. Looks like the, you're doing a fantasy draft. Uh, no, I, <laughs> this is this is for later. Here's a little spoiler. I got all the uh, team rosters pulled up. For what we'll talk about later. Oh, hey, I, was, I actually just I actually yeah. just sent you that so what this that. is what this is going to be based off of. Yeah, we're going to do. Going to be comparing some a little uh, foreshadowing here for we're actually going to do some Browns talk this week. Uh, but anyway, it feels good to even think about that. I know we're coming up, coming up. God. The weather's acting very football like. I know it, it said it's like October it's, outside. It's cloudy. Mid sixties, rain. It's been mist and fog today. Yeah. yeah, it it's definitely more like football than it would be like midsummer baseball or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway. We've got a beer this week, and uh, not so aptly uh, named <laughs> for uh, the weather that we just talked about. Uh, we are going with a brewery that is down on the east bank of the Flats. It's called Collision Bend. We've had it before. Uh, this is their American wheat ale called Lake Erie Sunset. Hmm. Very sunsetty can as well. Ryan, what do you think? Love the can. I tell you what, I don't usually buy wheat ales, and this has me changing my mind. I like this. It's good, right? Yeah. And uh, what is it? American wheat ale brewed with blood orange. Mm-hmm. And it is awfully tasty. Super easy to drink. This would be great on their patio. They have Collision Bend probably has the one best. of the best patios. Uh, the I've best, been to. yeah. It's in a great spot. You're right there on the water. Yep. Love you it. You get a beautiful view. You know, plenty of boat traffic coming and going. It's real fun. Um, I took one of my good buddies uh, and his wife. They came up to visit a little while ago, and, and, and Jen and I went out there and just sit there and bake in the sun and have a couple drinks. Oh, and, yeah. Watch, oh, my God. Watch the boats go by. So nice. So uh, this beer feels very reminiscent of that. It's perfect for it. Uh, you could drink a ton of these, and uh, I have a feeling I will because these are great. Um, what does it say Where is here? It? 5.6%, 15 IBU. That makes sense. Again, mm-hmm. super crushable. And uh, just a little blurb on the can. Inspired by the stunning views from our Riverside Brew Pub patio, Lake Erie Sunset starts with bold aromas of oranges and finishes bright and tart. The perfect complement to a Cleveland summer all year round. I, I agree. I, 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 I agree. I don't know if I would agree with it on a day like today. Yeah. Good job, Dan. Way to pick them. <laughs> but uh, it is a good beer. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I love the, uh, the sun sunset vibe on the can uh with views uh of the flats uh on it and uh yeah like you said 5.6 abv 15 ibus uh don't ask me what that is because i don't know (laughs) international betterness units (laughs) 
I'm not kidding. <laughs> I know, I know. But I, anytime, anytime there's an abbreviation with beer, I just think of the time where oh. my brothers make fun of me. I'll never live this down. Is when I, uh, when I asked if IPAs, uh, India Pale Ales were at, were brewed in India. All Indian made. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I chuckle anytime I see an abbreviation on a beer can. But uh, yeah, uh, what do you rate it? I'm gonna go. You know. You know. So, okay. This is going to sound low, even though I was speaking highly of it, only Uh-oh. because, I, again, I don't drink a ton of wheat ales. But given how I typically feel about wheats, this is quite nice. So I'm going to give this a – I'll give it a 6.6. Six. I like it. Wow, it is low. Uh, hey, you are living up to your I'm name. A, I'm a jerk. I'm the Russian judge. You are the Russian – yeah. The Russian. 6.6, uh, six, six, but I would get it again. I would definitely drink this. And I bet you, like – I mean, you, this is – probably a stupid statement because it's almost always true this would be excellent on draft sitting out oh yeah there, a, instead of grilling on a gray crappy day like if yeah. this was on draft on that patio yep different story i'm sure for sure um but no this is this is nice and if you're somebody who doesn't typically do wheat ales i would say give this a shot uh because it doesn't have that normal like the normal wheat ale vibe it's definitely brighter and crispier than uh, i would have thought so this is it nice. does have a crispiness to it crispy uh yeah, I'm gonna go higher than that because uh, I'm not a you're douche. not a dick. <laughs> Touche. Uh, I'm gonna go seven four. It is firmly in the sevens for me. Seven is a good score. Eight is a great score, and nine is nigh unheard of. Not yeah. Nine is uh, sex and beer form. There it is. I, that's weird. <laughs> Sorry. I, I I was yeah. Shut up, Dan. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> Steve's over there grinning or er, uh, gritting his teeth. Um, anyway, yeah, seven point four. I really like it. Same reasons why Ryan said, um, it's it's a very good wheat beer. Uh, but the blood orange gives it a little more tartness to it. Uh, similar to like you said, crispiness. Um, there's a little more bite to it than a normal um, wheat beer. Uh, and I think it's because of that blood orange. But uh, kudos to Collision Bend again. Great patio. Uh, if you're looking for a place to uh, to do some day drinking or you know just hang out in the sun, have a couple beers. Uh, they have great food as well. Go to Collision Bend Brewing Company. It's on the East Bank of the Flats. Uh, and yeah, that is our beer of the week. Alrighty then. So. Two weeks ago on Better Know a Neighborhood, we started what is actually going to be a bit of a series here. Mm. This actually started back in the winter um, where I did a one-tank trip um, neighborhood segment down to Cambridge, Ohio. And two weeks ago, we went to Loudonville. These are, of course, the areas where we have some pretty noteworthy state parks uh, in this, in the particular cases of Salt Fork State Park and the Mohican uh, State Park and State Forest. So as we go through summer period here, we're going to go through uh, a few more of these uh, communities that have um, great park areas, Ohio State Parks attached to them. And we didn't even have to leave the Cleveland metro area for this one. Uh, this is on the periphery. I would say the periphery of the Cleveland metro area, but it, it's in Lorain County. Uh, this <coughs> neighborhood had a population of about 4,800 people in the 2020 census. It's not super far away from where I live. It's uh, maybe eh, about 12 miles to the southwest. I'm talking about the city or the town of Wellington, Mm. Ohio. Wellington is where the 
Lorain County Fairgrounds are on the near west side of town is near the intersection of State Route 18 and State Route 58 in southwestern Lorain County. And Wellington, if you go there, it's just a, you know, it's a pretty typical small town. You've got schools, you've got churches, you've got um, local marketplaces in the, near the center of town. Um, and you've got a lot of actually industrial corporations, particularly on the north side of town, uh, if you were to go up that way. Some uh, Whirlpool has a has a building there, Shiloh Industries, which is a made major local corporation. They're there. Uh, and then if you go over toward the south end of town, that's where the majority of, of the park area is. It's the Finley State Park. Before, I, But before I get to that, I do want to mention one big point of interest that's at 201 Main Street, just north of the main intersection of town, and that is the Spirit of 76 Museum. This is a museum that is a tribute to the Spirit of 76, which is a famous painting, and it is a uh, museum that has lots of history, but it's particularly emphasis on the Civil War period and imme immediately in going into the Civil War and during that period. Because Wellington, like so many places in Northeast Ohio, was a stop on the Underground Railroad, and it became that in 1858 when... <coughs> There was a slave that was being held by a U.S. marshal and and was about to be returned to his owner in Kentucky when literally a whole bunch of abolitionists from oh, nearby Oberlin, which is just to the north of Wellington, heard about this, went strolling down Route 58 and basically um, <laughs> told the marshal, you're not taking this guy anywhere. And they basically took the guy and uh, found a way to get across Lake Erie to Canada. So. Uh, and it became, you know, that whole corridor from Wellington to Oberlin, Oberlin being, of course, where University of Oberlin was or still is and is was to the at the time and still is a very um, forward-thinking kind of place. Um, and then, of course, Illyria and Lorraine were also um, very big in this particular, as was Strongsville, I, I must point out, because uh, Don's Pomeroy House uh, right in the center of town was actually a stop on the Underground mm -hmm. Railroad, too. Um, and then as you again as as I mentioned earlier the Finley State Park which is just on the south end of town it's one of the smaller uh, state parks in terms of land area uh, it's not as uh, big or as extravagant as Salt Fork or um, Mohican but it's definitely a place where you can go you can hunt you can fish you can you can go on hiking trails. There's lots of mountain biking trails. That's actually a big uh, aspect of this park. The mountain biking trails are supposedly very good, which actually is intriguing to me because the land here is very flat. You know, when you think of mountain biking, you think of like it's got to be like uphill, downhill, undulating terrain, jumps. It'd be interesting to see if a lot of that is man-made or if it actually is, is more undulating than I think it is. Um, and then, of course, I just lost my tab there. Shoot. Uh, Park on it. Yeah, so boating is actually a big thing there because there's a very large lake in, in, the, in the center of this park. The lake is the lake. The, the lake is 93 acres, and so it's not like super gigantic, but it's got two boat ramps, each with kayak launches, which provide access. Uh, the main boat ramp, which is along Park Road 4, which just comes right off of Route 58. Uh, kayaks, canoes can be rented uh, at any time between Memorial Day and Labor Day, so that's another option. Um, 
camping, it's a very camping-friendly park where you've got um, full hookup, electric and non-electric sites. Uh, you can bring campers in there, or you can just, you know, pitch a tent, like, you know, be old school with it. Uh, hey The park has two 18-hole disc golf courses. So if you're into frisbee oh, golf, loves that, is, the disc golf. that is definitely... I'm he loves at, to froth. I'm, I'm bad at that kind of golf, too. A thing. And <laughs> interestingly enough, one of the two courses is actually ranked top 10 in the nation. Supposedly, the, the frisbee golf course. Yes, I'm hmm. not sure by whom. The froth course. <laughs> froth. <laughs> froth. Nice. Frisbee golf. Froth. froth. I love to froth. That's a that's an office reference. <laughs> I mentioned fishing earlier. Apparently, the the lake is at at Finley State Park is best known for largemouth bass, bluegill, and crappie. Mm. C r a p p i e. I don't know what kind of fish that is, but uh, supposedly it's good eating. Mm. A lot of it down south. It's type of fish, I, th- I guess. Okay. like to fry it up. Hunting is only a seasonal thing, but is... <laughs> Why is that so funny? Uh, this is the, talk about fishing. It's a type of fish. Oh. It's a great, 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 great analysis. I, it's like the John Madden. If you put it in the end zone, you're going to score the points. That's a great job, John. Thank you for that. R.I.P. Sorry. Back uh, to you, Steve. <laughs> you just plug it in. You open up the butter packet. Just circling a bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hunting for migratory waterfall is permitted all, at all times of the year, as is fur bearer trapping, uh, which can be done with permits. Um, deer hunting and beaver and That's otter trapping is only held um, during the actual hunting season in November and December. Hmm. But uh, as long as you have a valid Ohio hunting license, uh, you've got free reign to pretty much do whatever. It's a fish. It's a type of fish. <laughs> I'm such a jackass. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, <laughs> what percent is this beer? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> how many have we had already? <laughs> Believe it or not, we're only on number one. <laughs> Got a long way to go. Yeah, so. Anyway, uh, sorry about that. This this is the kind of stuff you can do at Finley's Day Bar. You just kick back, relax, have a good yeah, time. You can, you can you fish know, for fish. Fish for fish. And, you know. <laughs> Hang out with the but bears. A, but anyhow, <laughs> that's Wellington. That's Finley State Park. And before this gets completely out of control, I'm going to wham this with the right hand. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the week that was with the Guardians real quick. Uh, because they are flirting with taking over control of the division because this is the worst division maybe in the history of Major League Baseball. And, and this is despite the fact that they lost two or three to the Brewers on the weekend. They did. Granted, all the games were close. They uh, did. Ugh. Except, well, no, Friday wasn't close. They got beat up Friday night. But, yeah, you know, came back one Saturday and lost a heartbreaker on Sunday. So, friggin' Owen Miller beat us on Sunday. Thanks, Ghost Runner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the Guardians are kind of, you know, they're a couple good, couple bad. They're kind of flirt. It's like they're flirting with going on a run, but then they, you know, they stub their toe. Yeah. Uh, but, again, this division stinks. Stinks. At the at the All-Star break, the, le- the leader of the division could be under 500. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing enough to stay – because – 
all you have to do is win your division. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things well, where, it's the only thing that they're going to be able to do to get in the oh, playoffs. Oh, yeah, we're sure as hell not winning a wild card spot. No. Um, you know, it's just injuries are frustrating. Tristan McKenzie, you know. Yeah. Is, I, that, that, that poor kid, his career is – He's he. I don't know what the numbers actually are, but I would have to imagine he's been injured more than he's played. Right? Um, but, or I mean, maybe I don't know. Yeah, he was he was injured a good amount in the minors. I I thought he he got through last season pretty well. I think maybe he had a couple bumps and bruises. Yeah. Um, but this year, I mean, he's made he's made one and a half starts basically. Yeah, brutal. Um, and there you know there's a chance that he might he might not pitch again this year. To be honest with you. I don't know if I would pitch him again this year mm-hmm. because he he started the season with a shoulder injury and now he's got a sprained UCL or whatever and you know that's that's the elbow both on the pitching arm so I mean I don't know it just might be one of those things where you just chalk it up and hope that he can get right and be ready for next year because I don't want him coming back too soon. And the Guardians have a history of doing this. Guys coming back too soon and getting injured. I'm looking at Michael Brantley. I'm looking at, uh, oh, who are some of the other guys? Brantley's the one that comes to mind first. I'm, you know, m- my thing is this. We're in – it almost feels like we're in this, like, purgatory spot where are we going to try to push it and push him and, and, and other yeah. guys and, and make a run? Or are we in a position where we decide, hey, you know what? We don't really think that we've got a viable shot at the playoffs, so let's start start selling assets and getting some of the young guys some playing time. Yeah. Well, um, so we're like, we're like in that purgatory right now in yeah. between where it's like, I don't know which route we're going to go with this. Because right. the way things looked early, I was like, oh, when are we going to trade Bieber? And now all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe we don't. Maybe we do keep him and we, and we try to make a run. Yeah. And then it's like every time it feels like we're rounding the corner, we – stumble again i feel like they, they want to say let's just play the young kids and let's just you know get them some experience the problem is again i go back to the fact that our division stinks and nobody's going to run away with this division right so whether we whether we're sellers at the deadline or you know we bring up all the kids i think we're going to be in it until until the last week of the season yeah um and you know when we say bring up the kids the guardians farm system has gotten to the point where when we say bring up the kids we're saying guy we're, we're bringing up guys that can help us win you know, like we have Gavin Williams going today. He's like a top ten prospect in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, people are comparing him to Garrett Cole. Jeez. You know, so like the guy is like six foot five, like two hundred and seventy pounds, and throws a hundred and two mile an hour fastball. You know, two. Yeah. Woo. So you bring him up, and yeah, he's probably better than any pitcher we have. He just doesn't have the experience. So I don't know. We'll see. The frustrating thing is. I don't think the winner of this division wins more than 85 games. And and I think whoever it is is going to lose in the first round of the playoffs anyways. Probably. Um, there are <clears throat> examples of teams like that that barely have, that have barely over 500 uh, that have gone all the way. I'd look at the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals as the mm-hmm. prime example who won 83 games and won the World Series. That is true. Um, you know, you go back to – I mean, this is a long time ago, so I don't know how relevant this is, but – uh, the 97 World Series was played between two teams that didn't get to 90 wins. Yeah. Um, Who you know. knocked out teams that won much more games yeah. in the road to the World oh, yeah. Series. In fact, yeah. last year's postseason on the National League side was kind of like that, where you had 
the five seed and the six seed going at in the National League Championship Series. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a season where we're going to be basically – this segment, you know, the week that was, we're talking about the Guardians. <coughs> I think this is going to be like a uh, – a rinse and repeat type of segment every week. I think we're going to just basically be saying it the same exact thing. It pretty much has been for a while now. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a show last week, so you go back over the last two weeks. The Guardians went 6-6, six and six, 500. Yeah. They actually lost three of the four series, two out of three, to San Diego, to Arizona, and to the Brewers. They had a series in there against the woeful athletics in there, and they swept that one, yeah. which, which got them back to 500. Yep. So... And as it as it were, they now go to play the other really horrible team in the American League, and that is the Royals. Yep, They're and it's zero uh, zero in the fourth inning right now. So, and yeah. Gavin Williams is on the hill. So, you know, um, are they doing enough? Yeah, for now, pretty much. I mean, they're a game and a half behind Minnesota. They're actually tied in the loss column with Minnesota, oddly yeah. enough, because they played three less games. So we'll see. So, I mean, we'll see what yeah. happens. Uh, we'll, see, it, you know, even if they're a seller at the deadline, you know, if they go out and they and they trade Shane Bieber at the deadline, I'm still not going to be convinced that they're not going to win this division. Just because yeah, the division is so I. bad. Huh? Yeah, neither will I. Yeah. And especially if, you know, Gavin Williams comes up. Uh, Bybee's been really good. Logan Allen's been really good since coming up. Uh, Savali's been good since he's come back from injury. Um, you know. So, we'll see what happens. They're going to they're gonna go with the kids and roll the dice like, I guess I don't really see them being buyers at the deadline, um, but you know, I for me I think you've got to look seriously at dealing Bieber at the deadline because mm-hmm. if you wait till the off season, you're not going to get. I mean, the amount that you're going to be able to get back for him is just going to continue to go down. And and if you even wait till next trade deadline, you're going to get nothing for him because he's a he's a half year rental. Yeah. So, I think they got to look at dealing him, but. I would have no problem with that whatsoever because th- this administration with Guardians has had really good history in getting good returns when they've made trades. Yeah. They haven't yeah. been as good at drafting, but they have been very, very good at getting return from trades. Yeah, agreed. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully we can get back to winning series this this uh, this one because, uh, like Steve said, we're playing the, uh, the woeful. Royals. I think they're 22 and 56. Yeah, this week is like easy, easy street. I mean, granted, all six games are on the road, but you play against Kansas City for three, and then you go to Wrigley for three, and the Cubs are terrible. So, mm. I mean, it's set up really well for them to have a good week. They come home, and I actually get to play the Royals again next week. So, I mean, mm. it's, you know, aside from having to play the Braves for three uh, right around the Independence Day holiday, this is a really, like, and actually, they play the Royals four times next week. So you get seven games against those. Guys. I mean, I don't mean to be crass here, but you really feel like you should go six and one or seven and zero oh against a team that bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, you maybe would hope they so. won't. But it's baseball, they're not going to. Probably, <laughs> they're not. They're not the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the Guardians' uh, weekly wrap up. Uh, oh, one other thing, they finally brought up Bo Naylor. That's nice. And they DFA'd Mike Zanino's p- pathetic ass. Yeah, that was batting like I mean, he was he was making it so we were we were uh missing Austin Hedges. Yeah. And not only couldn't he couldn't hit, I mean at least Austin Hedges could could field the position. Mm-hmm. Mike Zanino led the league in pass balls. Yeah. So. And what a weird 
That went so poorly. That was, that so was, poorly. That was a signing that we essentially uh, just threw away six million dollars. Yeah, we felt pretty good about that uh, offseason signing. That that looked like a a wise move. Yeah. And uh, womp womp. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. So that's the week that was <laughs> with the Cleveland Guardians. All right. Feels like we haven't talked about football since the end of last season, really. Um. We're going to talk some football today because Steve actually brought this up in uh, our group chat with our brothers. There was a um, – who was this? It's an NFL this account on NFL. Instagram. This convo on Instagram. It, just, it was a graphic that showed the ranking of the AFC North teams by position group. Yep. And it One through four. Just, yeah, one through four going all the way across and – I don't have much. I know you're you're just seeing it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one position group that I'm flabbergasted by their rankings, and I want to know if you. See I suspect it. that Dan and I probably. Well, I think we have the same one, but we're not sure because there's one that I'm just like bent out of shape over too. And we'll see what. Ryan Let me know if you think here. you see it. I'm, I'm cruising through it's, right now. It's not quarterback. Uh, we'll just start there. Although I do they, think they the rank, quarter one is wrong. They rank Cincinnati first. They have Baltimore second. They have Cleveland third and Pittsburgh fourth. That's exactly how I would rank them, quite eh. frankly. Eh. Uh, I I agree with that ranking as well. Eh. Until Watson proves otherwise. Now, eh. if by the end of this season Watson is the Watson that we all saw down in Houston. Uh, Watson's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Last I can't year, say that. Uh, last year was rough. By, even his, though, by his usual standard. Even though Lamar Jackson. It was also a rough year for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson can't stay healthy. Lamar Jackson's never healthy at the end of the season. That true. is a humongous That's black true. mark. And he him. wasn't good last year. Like, I get it. Deshaun played six games and wasn't very good in those six games. Lamar wasn't good either. And I think if you look at their careers for the quarterback position, at the both players at their apex, I get it. Lamar won an MVP. Whoop the fish. That's because he rushed for 1,000 yards and, like, 12 touchdowns that year, too. But I just think Deshaun Watson is a better flat-out quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I but, gotcha. hey. Would you still have Burrow one? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's done it now multiple seasons. Yeah. He hasn't done it against the Browns, but he's I know, done it multiple It seasons. is kind of fun. I don't want to jinx us, but it is sort of fun that thus far we've been his boogeyman. There, there was a hilarious tweet that I meant to send you. Somebody tweeted a picture of Joe Burrow with the caption, Is there anything this man can't do? And somebody replied, beat Baker Mayfield. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Uh, It's um, worth noting that the other AFC North quarterbacks don't have much on the Browns. Joe Burrow, it's been well documented. He's like one in five against Cleveland. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, got injured and had his and his team's season ruined at the end of 2021. And uh, uh, Kenny Pickett's hands are tiny. The Pittsburgh, I mean (laughs) – there, Ben's not walking through that door. So, what? So. What? What? Did you find it? Uh, I'm checking something right now. So, are you? Were you eyeballing defensive line? No, no. I was going to go there next. So they got Pittsburgh number one, Cleveland number two, Cincinnati number three, and Baltimore number four at that position group, which I also thought was accurate. Yeah, I mean the Brown, the Browns is the Browns is is on potential because the Browns essentially completely overhauled their defensive line so it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of all mesh together but they certainly upgraded the talent on that on that position group you still got miles garrett so. you do 
Right. And the I, interesting thing about Pittsburgh, though, is like because of the style of defense that they run, do you consider T.J. Watt on the defensive line or because there's linebackers slash edge? This graphic makes it seem like they think T.J. Watt is a defensive lineman. lineman. Because <laughs> what I would say. Yeah. That was where I was going to go next was the linebacker edge position. It's yeah. – yeah, they've got Baltimore first, Cincinnati second, Cleveland third, and Pittsburgh last for yeah. linebackers. Okay. Uh, did you take a look at wide receiver? Yeah. That's my that's my sticking point. I in it, what universe it is mine as well. In what universe are Baltimore's receivers better than the Browns? Or Pittsburgh's? Well, we'll get to Pittsburgh, but I think the mo- the more erroneous one is Baltimore because yeah. You can't say that you're putting them above because they signed Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ hasn't been good in six years. Just for the listeners here, they've got Cincinnati first, Pittsburgh second, Baltimore third, and the Browns last. Yeah, so obviously obviously the Bengals are number one by a country mile. Yes, um, that's not disputable. Their top three receivers are probably the best in football. But the Browns last... And Baltimore above the Browns, I think, is absolutely criminal. I don't even know if I can name a receiver on Baltimore so, other than Odell Beckham Jr. It's I'm, Duvernay. I pulled it up now. Yeah, you've got Duvernay. It's like a it's a and it's, it's, uh, well uh, Bateman, right? Yeah, but so, he's never healthy. No, they've got Nelson Aguilar, who's going into his yeah, ninth season with his twelfth team. Yeah, they've got. Uh, Oh, good old White Lightning from UMass Amherst, Andy Isabella. Who probably <laughs> won't make the team. Yeah. Um, Actually, it might make the team because I just I don't think the receivers might. are very good. They've Like you're saying that you got Odell Beckham Jr. from twenty fifteen is what you're or twenty sixteen yeah. is what to be you're saying. The guy is... uh, listen, if you're gonna penalize Deshaun Watson for not being good since twenty twenty, how the hell are you going to Put the mm-hmm. Ravens receivers over the Browns. Totally agree. I feel how I feel way better about our lineup. I mean, again, I know Marquise Goodwin um, and Jakeem <laughs> Grant are getting up there and have had. Well, I mean, let's concerns. just uh, yeah. I mean, let's just look at it. at the top of the list. I'm taking Amari Cooper over Odell Beckham Jr. Seven days out of the week. Yeah, straight at, up. At this stage in their respective careers, I'm also taking Elijah Moore over Odell Beckham. You can't trust that Odell is going to make it through a season. Yeah, no, that's true. I well, know they're, I, di- they're different guys. I, I mean, if that's that. if uh, honestly, if that's the case, I wouldn't take OBJ over anybody. Yeah, I mean, I like Elijah Moore. I like his talent. He hasn't proven anything yet, yeah. but I do agree with that sentiment. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'm still a yeah. fan of. I, I mean, think he plays really and good he's going to be and he's in a contract year. You know, he's going to be motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, David Bell, you know, yeah. recent draft pick. He's got a lot to prove. You know what? You relevant. know why they're penalizing us? It's because Anthony Schwartz is still on the Browns. Ooh, I want that kid to get. I want him to figure it out. I like him. Yeah. I like him. He's gone. But gosh, he's allergic soon, to catching football. As soon as they signed Marquise Goodwin, yeah. he became uh he's out. What, what's the what's the saying? Uh uh surplus to the requirements. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> he uh my my hope for him is that he balls out and has a great summer and a great camp and that it's a good audition for somewhere else. Yeah. Because there's no universe where we keep because if we're looking through all of these wide receivers right now, I'm thinking Cooper. Oh, sorry. And are oh, you good? Cooper, Moore, Peoples Jones, <laughs> Tillman. Those four are. A, oh, that's another one. I forgot we drafted a receiver yeah. in the third round. Those four Tillman. are a thousand percent a lock. Yeah. Then beyond that, probably Bell. 
Bell. I don't think they're going to cut Bell after a year. Jakeem Grant. Yeah. And Goodwin. I don't think we carry seven, so one no. of them. Yeah, um, no, we're not going to carry seven. Un- unless they call Jakeem Grant exclusively a kick returner. Yeah, in, in which like, they could. You know what I mean? But, like, again, like the, the, the new kickoff returns and punt return rules uh, for special teams make Jakeem Grant pretty expendable. Especially coming off of that nasty injury from last yeah. year. Yeah. So – yeah, I, I think we keep six, seven, and then, maybe. And then I, I wasn't really – I'm not really planning on getting into this tonight, but, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is still out there. And the longer he, he stays a free agent, I think the better chance uh, the Browns have of landing him. Yeah, I agree with that too. Because his price comes down. Because mm-hmm. right now the reason why he hasn't signed with the team is because he wants the money that Odell Beckham Jr. got. Right which is absurd by the Ravens. He got like $18 million a year. A That's going to be such bad money spent by Baltimore. And I'm oh happy gosh. as a clan because historically, I feel like under under Ozzy, the Ravens were so good at drafting and so good at, at playing free agency. And so yep. watching them do dumb things just delights me. <laughs> and paying Odell that much money is just absolutely asinine. So, yeah, I, I think to get back to the list, I completely agree with what you said. The Bengals by a mile – um yeah. and I let Steve Steve brought up the Steelers too in the wide receiver uh camp. I would put the Browns and the Steelers right there. I don't know enough, so I'm pulling them up because I actually don't know enough about their wide receiver room. So I'm looking at So they have uh they have George Pickens. Yep. Uh Deontay Johnson. Yep. Um Their first two are solid. Yeah, I think Pickens is going. I, oh, I, they've got Allen Robinson, but he's been around. Oh yeah, for, they just signed him. But yeah. again, he's like not Nelson Aguilar. He's, ten, he's, not, he's on like his seventh team. He was From, great. I feel like Allen Robinson has been a more consistent, strong performer over the course of his career mm-hmm. than Nelson Aguilar. But yeah, he yeah, is I would getting up that. Age. Yeah, but I, same. But uh, Allen Robinson's also had more injuries too. I don't know enough about the rest of these guys that I'm looking at, so I don't even know who's going to make the Steelers roster. Name so, them off, because I, 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 Miles Boykin. Jamarcus yeah. Bradley, Hakeem. Jamarcus Butler. Bradley was on the Browns. I knew I knew that name. He caught. Remember, remember that game uh, against the Jets in the COVID year, where all of our wide receivers got COVID. Yeah, and he caught like twelve balls because yes. he was on the practice squad. <laughs> and they yes. brought him up. That, okay, that, that's Jamarcus Bradley. Okay, well, there we go. Um, who else do we have here? Oh, Dan Chizana. Sure. Cody Crest. Danny. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you're into the you're into the practice squad. Anthony guys. Miller. Yeah. Gun- oh, here's a Gunner Ozlowski. Oz- How the hell am I gonna say that? O l o l s z e w s k i Ozlowski. Sure. From Bemidji State. He's Ooh. in year five. So good old Bemidji. Sure. Cody C- Gunner Olszewski. <laughs> something I don't know. And Jordan Bird. Yeah. So I I don't I don't know, man. I. Just going off of that list, I feel better about our, but I also know our guys better than their guys. So, I yeah. I'd still, if you made me pick, I think I would take the number one. Like if you're you looking to, at yeah. just the one two guys, I'd maybe lean Steelers, but eh, not by much, not by much. I don't know if I would. George Pickens, I think George Pickens has the has the talent, raw talent, and the ability to explode. Um, but you got to see it to. You got to see it. To, I mean, Amari Cooper's a five-time Pro Bowler. This is true. And uh, Elijah Moore. He and he had a thousand yards last yeah. year with Jacoby. Like Jacoby Brissett was good, but he had a thousand yards receiving for the Browns last year with Jacoby Brissett. True. Um. Yeah, and I I do I even though he's got to prove it. Uh, this is going to be his third year in the league, and he didn't really prove it in the Jets. I mean. I, 
that's kind of like I'm not really going to knock Elijah Moore for that because who proves anything with the Jets? I mean, one of my consistent other than Garrett Wilson last year, who was awesome, is do not take any offensive players on the Jets. And <laughs> yeah, I think Garrett, been there Garrett for like Wilson ten years now. Garrett Wilson might be the only uh, caveat to that. And this year, now they have now. now they have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. So yeah. I know this is way a sidebar, but that division is going to be bananas. Mm-hmm. AFC East is going to be just goofy yeah. boots next year, and yeah. it's going to be fun to watch. It's if the Bills can figure out a way to, to uh, get uh, Stephon Diggs on the same page. Yeah, boy. Wow. Talk about I didn't know he was uh, – You talk o- about something that's been, that's been brewing for like five months. Apparently. I mean, when they lost in the playoffs last year, he was going nuts on the sidelines. This is a related sidebar, but I saw on the same Instagram page a few weeks ago, I saw the salaries for all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Do you know who has the lowest salary of any starting QB going next year? Ooh, give me a second. Give me a second. It's got to be somebody who's starting that's on a rookie deal that was not – a first or a second round pick. Mm-hmm. So it's um, our division. Everybody's paid, and, and Kenny Pickett was a first round pick. Is it Mac Jones? No, he was a first round pick. No, it's not Mac Jones. He was a first rounder, wasn't he? I mean, it is an AFC East guy. Is it really? Yeah. Tua? It's Tua Tagovailoa. Oh. Wait. Wasn't Tua a first round pick? He's only making six point seven million dollars for next year. Wow. That's the lowest That's of the, the starting quarterbacks league. in the yeah. whole league. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. It's a good gig to have. <laughs> yeah. Only given how productive he's been, talk about money well yeah, spent well, for Miami. I mean, he's one hit, they, one hit away from. I mean, his, the medical staff being well, in a bowl see, in somebody's fridge with that, Saran wrap. What was on that top movie where the they had the concussion counter on Big Boy? Um, oh. You know what I'm talking about. They spoofed it in a not another teen movie where they had like a like a concussion countdown for <laughs> for that lineman. Oh, what the hell is the name of that movie? It's gonna drive me nuts. Oh, was it Billy Bob? Maybe that sounds. The movie good. was um, not Blue Mountain State. No, it's in that vein. Though. Oh my god, that's gonna drive me nuts. No, no, not the replacements. I'll figure it out later. Right. Um, but yeah, give me a second. Getting uh, back into this discussion, the AFC North by position group. Running backs. This one will make you happy because the Browns are number one. The Steelers are second. Varsity Blues. Are third, Thank you. And the the Ravens are last. That one makes perfect sense to me. Wait, which one are you talking about? Running, running backs. backs. Browns, Steelers, Bengals, Yeah, I mean, Bengals, the Browns Ravens. have the best running back in the whole league. Yeah. yeah. But, and uh, yeah. I, I And I like the rest of the order, too. I think Steelers, Bengals, Ravens in that order makes sense. Tight ends. This one makes perfect sense to me. You've got the Ravens first, the Browns are second, the Steelers are third, and yeah. the Bengals last. Yeah, I mean, it, this one you can just go down. At each team's top tight end is basically the order that this is in. Mark Andrews, David Njoku, Pat Fryermuth, and uh, oh, who's the Bengals' tight end? Well, they're last, so that makes sense. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, <clears throat> Probably. I don't really have an issue with the rest of these um, – the rest of these categories, uh, you look at the defensive side of the ball, the top ones are either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. I mean, I, how do you argue that? Yeah, corners, they had the Ravens first, they had the Browns second, the Steelers Which I third, agree with. and the Bengals dead last in that category. Here's the interesting one that, that I wanted to talk about. They have head coach here. Yes, they do. Do you disagree with this at all? Not really. It's Right. The only thing that I was going uh, to disagree with 
was going to be Zach Taylor, but yeah. I don't have a leg to stand on. That guy's been to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the order, yeah. according to uh, Steelers and Ravens, Bengals and Browns. And <sighs> Would you? A, a you pretty part, much have to put him in that order. A part of me wants to sneak Stefanski up ahead of Zach Taylor, but just I, like Dan said, yeah. he's, the, guy's the last been, two years, he's been to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And and I've never really been a believer. I thought it was a bad hire when they brought him on, and I was happy for that. And now all I will, I've been is right. wrong. Ever now since. I will say he would already have been fired if they didn't have Joe Burrow. Yeah, but because he was awful their first his first two years. Yeah, but what I will say is I, there any thought to having John Harbaugh above Mike Tomlin? I don't think so. I I think I think Mike Tomlin has done more with less. And he has never finished under 500. That's crazy to me. Like each, I, when w- each of them have won Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. And I think that the talent on each Tomlin of their has, respective rosters. Tomlin has been to two. He's won one, lost one. Yes. I think they, Harbaugh has only been to one. He won it. Uh, yeah. I think. I, that yeah. Sounds right. I, I think uh, looking at most more recently, like COVID, like. In the wake of COVID, those those rosters that he was playing with have have not been good. And, Tomlin, yeah, and I think that he's done more with less. I, I still had, I mean, he still had Ben up until last year. Yeah, I agree with Ryan's point though, because both of the last two years, the general thought was that the Steelers were going to be at worst, at best mediocre, and and at worst terrible. Yeah, and yeah. and he's kept them in the first conversation. year. They made the 2022. Well, 2021, they made the playoffs. 2022, they very nearly, after a terrible start, found their way back in the playoffs at the end. I don't, I don't know how they keep doing it, but they just do. Yeah. You know what's interesting to me looking at this? The Bengals have more last-place position categories than anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's vindication of what we were talking about with Zach Taylor because, yeah, they are last in tight ends, offensive line, cornerback and safety Mm -hmm. so if you're talking about what are you doing with with the resources that you have i can't put zach taylor last for coach i mean you just yeah you can't Mm -hmm. do it i mean (laughs) but i mean i will say in the nfl today he's top they have top of the top of the division in probably the two most important categories which is quarterback and wide receiver yeah (laughs) yeah so based off of these lists where do you rank the team's in the AFC North this year overall, like where, where, what? I'm not asking you to predict record, but like the standings at the end of last season. Let's assume health. Let's assume that you know healthy. Lamar doesn't Lamar doesn't get hurt, Burrow doesn't get hurt, you know all that stuff. Let's assume that everybody's healthy. Yeah. Where do you guys see the division this year? I have un I have bad and unpopular feelings about this. I'm shocked. The Russian judge, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely mind blowing. The pessimist, the pessimist Russian judge. I, I think, uh, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Oh, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers. That's what it was last okay. year, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think anything's going to change. Okay, I, I am not feeling good. I think we've come in last. I think we fire think... Stefanski and we blow it up. Ooh, that's Boy. ooh, ooh. ooh. I don't want this. I want to be clear. <laughs> and, and I am always the pessimist. You, I'll yeah. be gleefully wrong if we're if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I I until proven otherwise, I can't bet against Mike Tomlin. You know, like in my mind, 
In my mind, the for sure one two is going to be Bengals and Ravens. Mm. It's it's I would etch that in stone, and then with a pen, all the way, all in, the way in stone with yeah. a pen. You know yeah. he means different, and, and then you know yeah. he means business. June twenty seventh. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Mar- yeah, I I think it's I think it's definitely going to be Bengals and in Ravens, uh, and 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 then the next the three four is going to be Steelers and Browns. Um. I will happily be wrong, but that's where I'm at right now. So you don't think Deshaun Watson is going to uh, return to any sort of form? I I don't think not enough. No. Hmm. Now what I don't know is is our defense going to keep us in it because I am excited about Jim Schwartz and the things that we've done on the defensive line f- to fit his system seem encouraging, and there's still hope for maybe another piece or two here or there. So. A lot of things could change between now and the start so, of the season. But so you, so you actually think like Deshaun Watson and the offense are I'm, going to be bad? Yeah, I or I would certainly say not good because enough. Because last year the defense was bad. It was yeah. horrendous for the at least the first two thirds of the season. Yeah, yeah. I I don't feel I just don't feel confident. I, I think that mm. I think that they'll be all right in spurts, but they won't be able to string enough together mm. to win meaningful games. I think we can beat up on some of the, the scrubs of the league, but all those fifty fifty games, I don't, I don't, I don't have faith right now. I, I just don't, and I, I want to because I, I see the vision, and I, and I, I, and I want to believe in Stefanski, but I feel like last year was, I don't know, last year was weird. There's so many variables, and it's not, it's not fair to put that all on on Stefanski because the defense was so bad, and the quarterback situation was a nightmare. Yeah. So I, I get it. There's a lot of a lot of compounding things, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not confident. So how do you, how do you see it? Because I, I have a very good feeling you disagree with me, but I just in, well, in what Steve capacity? I want to see. I want to Steve go first because I I feel normally I would think that he would agree with you, but I feel like he's going to throw me a curveball right now. Well, Ryan, regarding your lead pipe locks first and second here, <laughs> I I agree with the first one. Cincinnati being first, I don't agree with Baltimore. All right. In well, fact, and, if, and 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 Steve, and this is coming from a guy who is a noted Bengals hater last at year at this time a year ago. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the haterade is going toward Baltimore now. Mm. I, okay. I I honestly think the Ravens finished last. Okay. I love, I love to hear it. Frankly, I would love that. Love to hear uh, it. I just I don't like what they're doing, on, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, their defense is still all right, but uh, and perhaps even the top ten defense. But I'm just not convinced any, anymore by what they're doing offensively, and particularly with the kicker is that Lamar Jackson is not the player he was even three four years ago. Mm. So and he just got paid all that money. So yeah, I mean it's been a lot of bad money. Being mm. thrown around by Baltimore this offseason. They're going to start Show paying me the, the money. price for it here pretty soon. So where I'm conflicted is who's going to finish second between mm. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Wow. I guess I'm going Pittsburgh second just because, I, you know, I feel like on, strictly on talent, the Browns should finish second. He just can't do it. He can't. <laughs> but he, I he, can't do it because. He can't bring himself Steelers, to think Deshaun Watson's going to be any good. They just, I mean, it happened again last year. The Steelers always overperform, and the Browns either due to expectation or underperform. Steve, and who would you rather just, have as your quarterback right now, Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield? Or, oh, Baker. Oh. Those are two not good options. In <laughs> um, Baker is actually kind of interesting now that he's with the Rams. I don't know if like he's not with the Rams. He's not with the Rams. He's with the Bucks. 
Yeah. He's fighting. He's probably he's fighting started. to be the guy that. Yeah, him. He and probably him. will. Um, At least to start the season. I don't. I don't know if he's just going to slide in and do what Brady did, but like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but let's face it, Tom was not very good. No, particularly I, toward the end of last year, it yeah. was it was not exactly the by his standards. He was not very good. Swan song ending. Let me not stray away from the question. <laughs> I think I still would take Baker Mayfield over Oof. Sean Watson. Oh boy! All right. I think I would. Woof. I just right. I, and I'm I the Russian. Not, judge. I don't have the confidence I... <laughs> in Deshaun Watson. I just don't. And based on what I saw late last season, I just. Where's the confidence in Baker? Maybe I'm just googly eyed from those few games he had on the Rams. I mean, it was awful when he was on the Panthers. It looked like he was about to wash out of the league. It's also awful play. the year before with the Browns. He had moments. I mean. <laughs> My rose-colored glasses are very. Your rose-colored Russian it's, glasses. It's to quote, to quote the great animated series BoJack Horseman, all those red flags just look like flags when you're wearing <laughs> rose-colored glasses. <laughs> you're basically asking me to compare one pile of trash with another pile of trash. Okay, and that's. Oh, you're gonna hate my opinion then. Go ahead, finish it. Yeah, so that's that's where I am. Um, Cincinnati first, Pittsburgh second, Cleveland third, and, and Baltimore last. Lay it on us. Rose-colored glasses, you say? Yeah. More like screaming bright red. How about the oranges, oranger oh, glasses? <laughs> We're going to win the division. Okay. I think Joe Burrow. <laughs> okay. I I can't say that because I said injury is not part of the equation. So I was about to say I think Joe Burrow is going to get injured, but I can't do that because we said injury is not Fair. part of the I equation. was going to say that about yeah. Lamar Jackson, but I couldn't say that. Either. Right. <laughs> I think Deshaun Watson's uh, going to be in the MVP conversation this year. Okay, that would be delightful. <laughs> I think we still, I think we still have a, a very good offensive line. Yep, we still have the best running back in football. Agreed. Uh, we upgraded wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think David Njoku is going to continue to get better. Yep. Uh, and like you guys, or like you said, and I think you kind of agreed with, um, I think the Browns' defense is going to be much improved. I don't think it can get a whole lot worse. I think we're going to see much more of the 2020 Browns than we've seen since. Uh, The team that uh, threw to get ahead and then ran the ball down everybody's throat once they got the lead. Mm -hmm. And the opportunistic defense. Um, Yeah, I... I figured Steve would be coming over the table right now when I said Deshaun Watson was going to be in the MVP <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the division this year. Yeah, I mean, I certainly and believe that by, he's strangely, by, I don't think that's a horrible take because, quite frankly, I don't feel too high on any of the quarterbacks in the division. I'm lower on Burrow than on pretty much anyone else. Really? Compared to, like, how everybody else sees him, I'd, like, barely see him as a fringe top ten guy, quite frankly. Okay, wait. Wait. All right. Who would you – I'm sorry, Dan. I got it. Who would you take over Burrow? We're talking league-wide here. Yeah, league-wide. Like, Josh Allen. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Okay. Patrick Mahomes. Tua Tagovailoa. Oh. Boo. <laughs> boo this man. <laughs> Oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> I was with you up to yeah. <laughs> you had me, then you lost me. Yeah. I don't know, I don't even know if I would take Jalen 
over. Are you kidding? I don't think so. Oh my word. <sighs> I mean, I mean, I would say that I would say they're pretty similar. But in the yeah. last two years, they've been the losing quarterback in the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, they're a coin flip. Let's. I, I guess I wouldn't be. I don't hate it, but I it wouldn't be a runaway. listen. I'm it's no still, Joe I'd Burrow still, apologist. I'd still but, take Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so that's yeah. five. Okay, now we're gonna now we're gonna get into some other names. Baker Mayfield. I'd take Justin Fields. Oh God. Oh boy. So you don't even think Joe Burrow's the best Ohio State quarterback over the last five <laughs> years? Right now, no. That's wild. Wow. Would you put Herbert over Burrow? Yes. Because I could. So that's. I'd take two quarterbacks in California over him. Who are you thinking? Dan's of? about to lose his mind on this one because we had many debates over this in the playoffs last year. Two quarterbacks. Wait, who's? Oh my God! From a season He's going to take Brock Purdy over oh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, stop it. That's stop what seven? It. Is that seven? Mister Flash in the pan himself. And there's a bunch of other names that are highly comparable. I don't know. I would I say fringe top ten. Like yeah, like if you go by numbers, that's why I brought up Justin Fields. You have to bring up Geno Smith based on the season he had. Geno did have a spectacular comeback player of the year that's type year. One year. I I I agree with that, but he did have a hell of a year nonetheless. I don't think he can maintain that. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to think of other. Yeah, I mean, like of other of other starters out there, I'm I'm not taking. I'm kind of a the whole hater. NFC kind South of is out. On, Dak, I'm Dak Prescott to be yeah. honest. So I'm I'm like leery about saying his Trevor name. Lawrence. He's right in there. Jared Goff, I think you have to put in the conversation. Oh boy, the he's the way he played. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, you got to put in the conversation. See, I would all. give you, I would give you Trevor Lawrence as like maybe on the same type level, but now that he's away from Urban Meyer, that yeah. has gone much. better. I'm not giving you Jared Goff. That's that's asinine. He had a great. I loved. I love the fact that Detroit had like a fun season and they they they. Yeah, rebounded, okay, but, but he's but another guy that he's been in the league what now seven years now. I, he's had one good year. I completely agree. He had like one and a half strong seasons. I mean, so that yeah, that's that's got pretty much got to be it. I mean, unless you're gonna put like, do you put Lamar over him? That's a funny case. I mean, I said for all the way until, like, I Here. begrudgingly dragged otherwise. Let me try and help your case. Let me try and get to you 10. Deshaun Watson. No. <laughs> I, uh, hey, hey, I tried to help. I tried to help. All right. Well, okay. We've 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 yeah we've deviated plenty. I but. think I think Bur I think Burrow's probably a a, a, fr- a top a fringe top five guy. For yeah, me. I'd have him probably. Five. Now that he's done it, he's he's done it two straight. He's been in the league three years. Got hurt his first year. He's now done it two seasons. Especially because his offensive line has been mostly terrible. Yeah. I mean, he does have the benefit of having great receivers, but. He does. He has an exceptional wide receiver. He did help He did help make uh, Jamar Chase into that. You know, yeah. they played in college together. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just like just like some of the guys that you were saying, like here's here are the guys that I would take over Deshaun Watson right now. I would take Mahomes, obviously. Uh, I would take Jalen Hurts. I would take Josh Allen. I would have to take Burrow. That's four. Um, who else? Who am I missing? Are you? You're not really high on Herbert, are you? Or Lawrence? <sighs> I'm high on Lawrence. Herbert is. 
Herbert's a guy that I think has a bunch of physical ability that's never going to win anything. Yeah, he, he feels like Philip Rivers. Again. Unless he gets, a, a, he's got to get away from the Chargers. It feels that is like a, Phillip Rivers again. That is a it? dump organization yeah. that never spends money, and they have. Steve knows this. I've said this a hundred times. They have the worst head coach in the NFL. Brandon Staley. He is the yeah, worst. He's not great. Um, like Sean McVay light, but like Walmart brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great value. Great defensive <laughs> coordinator, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so you have the division Browns. Browns, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers. Okay. Steelers in last. I just good luck with that. I just I I hear you based on the talent of the rosters. Here's the thing though. But like Mike Tomlin I, does so much. But like, again, I I understand that. Here's the thing though. The Steelers could finish in last place and go 8 and 9, 9 and 8. That's where they've been the last 2 years. That is that is true. That's true. This is a good division. This is a very good division. I think so you've got the Ravens winning at least 9 games then. Yeah. Yeah, I think they finish with the better the the same record and Baltimore has the tiebreaker. I guess I'm out on an island with Baltimore because I I, mean, I just see them completely imploding this year. Here's what I here here's I what, hope so. Here's what I say, and this I, I'm banking on this because this has to happen for my prediction to be right. The Browns play three division games in their first four games. I think they have to be three and one, and at least two of those three wins have got to come from inside. The, well, they would have to. Yeah. Three out of four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Obviously, if the Browns start one and three and are zero and three in the division, they're not winning the division. Yeah, but they'd have to go on a tear, and everyone else would also. I think Deshaun's going to come out and start hot in the season, and I think that they are going to start out like gangbusters. And the fact that we have a bye week in Game Five is really going to piss me off because I think we're going to be something like three and one at at, at the bye week. I do hate the early bye week for 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 momentum. Always hate kill- the early bye week yeah. for momentum killing reasons and also for injury. Situations yeah. later down the road. Yeah, because you could say, "Oh, well, it's good if you start out bad." If the Browns start one and three, they're not doing anything this right. year. So it's like, and here's the thing: if, and I'm not trying this. This is going to sound very like dramatic and hyperbolic, but like I fully believe this: the Browns, for the organization to exist as it currently does going forward, absolutely. Mm-hmm have to make the playoffs and the way i see it at least at present we don't which means buckle up for a whole new reboot i really just to some extent i like if the browns don't make the playoffs i think i think stefanski's fired he's he's the fall guy yeah deshaun's not gonna be the fall guy no and i actually don't even think andrew barry's job is really at stake i mean unless they go like five and twelve I think, I think he's in, going to come I back. I think in Ryan's scenario where they're probably going five and twelve or six and eleven, yeah. then six, they're six, all going to get cleared they're out. Probably all going to get cleared out. In my scenario, where they probably finish like eight and nine, yeah, Stefanski's you're going to probably gone. Right, you're going to do what, you're going to do what we did. You're going to do what we did every post game show, and you're going to take a magnifying glass to every Kevin Stefanski in game decision, and that's going to be his downfall. Yeah. yeah. If the Browns finish something like eight and nine and have like four losses of three points or less, mm-hmm. and there's going to be things that you can point to in every game saying, oh, if we didn't go for it on this or if, you know, he didn't, uh, uh, you know. Timeouts, did, did or didn't use right. them. Right, go yeah. for it on fourth down uh, inside the, the red zone or, you know, something like that, something that he's been second-guessed with his entire tenure here. 
that's going to be his downfall. And that's going to be the thing that's going to get him canned and allow Andrew Barry to put his stamp on with it. Because if you remember correctly, Andrew Barry did not hire Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski was hired before Andrew Barry. Yeah. Same offseason, but Stefanski was hired first. I don't know why, Which but weird. he was. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they've been on the same page the entire time. There's never been, you know, the the uh, the thing that we always hear about Browns, the Browns organization, is infighting, 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 power struggle, power struggle, infighting. You haven't heard any of that from this group. They just haven't won enough yet, yep. and they need to starting this year, starting the first month of the season. And I think they're going to because I think Deshaun Watson. I have a hard time seeing. A player in the NFL this year that is going to be more motivated than Deshaun Watson. Counterpoint. That contract's guaranteed. Sure. Right. Do you think do you, like I don't know what's in the man's heart, right? Sure. But do you think it real like when that kind con- I don't know. This again, I'm just being such a cynical dick. I get it. It's just it's it's hard I hear what you're saying and I want to feel that like as a pure competitor, but like those checks are going to cash whether we win games That's or true. not. That's true. But know? another part of this, counterpoint to counterpoint, <laughs> the old double, uh the easiest way for him to repair his public image is to win. That is very true. I actually think that a lot of people have already forgotten all the nonsense that you know, went on the last couple of years. And if he wins this year, I'm not saying win the Super Bowl. I'm saying get to the playoffs. Win Let's say the Browns maybe, yeah. get to the AFC Championship game oh. and he plays well. It's not even going to be just this city. Like, the Browns are, much to our dismay, a team very akin to, like, the Cubs in 2016. Everybody wanted to see them win. Now, that might be a little bit different because of Deshaun Watson because there will still be that, <clears throat> that you know, vocal minority that's like, oh, we're never going to vote for him. Or we're never going to vote for him. <laughs> we're never going to uh, root for him, and we hope he sucks and he fails and the Browns go 2-15 and 15 and all that. <clears throat> right. But I think the overarching sentiment is people who are not from Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, if we were to get in the playoffs and we're not playing against their team – they're going to root for the Browns, I think. That's interesting. Because we, because our fans, our fans are the tortured soul. We are, yeah. There are, and and it feels like it's every, not because they're going to want to see Deshaun Watson wins. Because oh yeah, for sure. And Browns fans are <coughs> everywhere, so it's like everybody everywhere knows a Browns fan. Yes, like Brown, the Browns backers organization is literally worldwide. It's it one will of, be the biggest party in NFL history. If the oh my god, and again, I listen. I'm I not predicting I'm the Browns you, are going to win. I, the Super Bowl. I would, I would trade. That Cavs championship for a Brown Super Bowl, literally. Well, he's going to disagree with you. Faster than you could ever, <laughs> ever, ever. You have a personal connection. So that's, that's not fair. fair. I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I, and, and don't get me wrong. Coming back from three one, LeBron. I love LeBron. I'm a team LeBron guy. I'll, there's a million reasons why that Cavs championship matters to sure. me. Sure. I would trade that thing for a Brown Super Bowl like you would not believe. Sure. Oh well, you also you love. The I Browns don't feel like your yeah. sentiment is off base. I feel like that's probably a, I don't even know. Throw out some crazy huge majority of the city that would probably agree with. I you feel on like that. In, if you looked at Cleveland, I feel like it's football, baseball, basketball in that order. Yes, probably. 
when LeBron's in time, you when LeBron's you here, could, you probably flip flop baseball and basketball. Ex- yeah, that agreed. I think it then correct. If LeBron's yeah. here, it's Browns still, then Cavs, then guards. The, the difference there is that the Guardians have been around for 122 years, whereas the Cavaliers have only been around for 53. True. So true. yeah, you've it's a much more generational thing with the Guardians. It's very and, true. And, and right, Browns and the Guardians have won anything too. for 75 years. It's literally the oh. 75th anniversary of the last World Series in this city. <sighs> World Series championship. 52, right? 52 for the Cavs, yeah. 52 for the city as a whole when the yeah. Cavs broke it. It's been 75 this year for the Guardians. Was that 48? Guardians slash Indians. 48, yeah. yeah. 48, and then they got there in 54, 95, 97, and uh, 2016. Lost all three of those. Who lost game sevens in our lifetime? Whoa. I still remember my dad falling off the couch with, hey, with the 97. We still have that one game seven win, though. That is true. We do. And yeah, that, you could argue is probably the biggest one. Listen, I would, I would probably, I would probably agree with you. Football's football's my number one sport. Obviously, oh, we, yeah. I mean, you, you, the first one, again, at that time when we didn't have one, true. I'll take any yeah. anyone you can get, uh, yeah, anyone I'm you want to give me. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hell, I was excited about the damn Calder Cup. Yeah, but that if was I d- pretty cool when yeah. the monsters just yeah. you know, within a couple weeks of each other. Playoffs, yeah. You know, yeah, the final game was like. It was the most entertaining 1-0 game you'll ever see. And it was for a sweep, too. Nothing into the second overtime. Yeah, Yeah. and it was game four. It was for a sweep. Yeah. Yeah, so. um, That's a whole other debate right there. Like, 0-0 games, interesting or not? Oh, interesting. I I love them. I I love pitcher's duels. Baseball or hockey or I love defense and a a defensive grudge match in a football game. I yeah, okay. or even football. Here, now, that's really crazy. Oh, zero, here, zero football. Here, here's my thing. Oh, I hate this crap so much. Everybody who whines and bitches about like soccer, soccer's always getting picked on for being boring and low scoring. Yeah, like oh, it's a one nothing game. If you were to look at a football game, American football. Yep. And if the score was twenty one to seven, it three wasn't twenty one points. It was three to one. It's three to one because you dummies can't understand how scoring works. Yeah. It's everyone loses their mar- I'm like no no no. So you Stop. see it you see you see 21 on the scoreboard. And a Ooh, touchdown, a bigger a number. To a goal. Yeah. yeah. It's so stu- I'm okay so if, I I want to be very clear. If you're one of those new talkers boring it's not football. You're <laughs> dumb and I need you to know that from my heart. <laughs> Do better with math. Uh, Damn it. On the set. God. Speaking as a math teacher, do better. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I uh I would probably have to go with the Super Bowl too. Yeah, it has to be. I know you disagree, but that's because you have a personal yeah, connection. It's, it's just in that's, my DNA. Yeah, that's, like, that's 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 like, that's, yeah. that's very fair. The Cavs uh, winning the NBA title was literally that was Nirvana. Like, yeah, that's not, very fair. Not going to get it. Yeah, better I'm never. Than I'm not going to disagree. Even though, even though I have a different answer than you, I'm not going to disagree with you because I would be the exact same way. And in it's fact, I, it's the most recent. I, thing I, I probably would. I probably would have been like verbally fighting Ryan right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. So. Uh, all right. So yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. That's some interesting takes. Uh, I of course, you know, went out, went. Actually, I I was the one that went out on a limb, but I was the typical, uh, you know, Kool Aid drinking Browns fan. I don't or, know if you going out on a limb with the Browns is is even more of one than me still saying the Baker is still better than Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah you're a psycho. I guess that's we are, wild. You're a psycho. That is, neither one of them was any good in 2022. We'll see how 2023 goes. I will say this. I don't think it's going to go well, but I will be rooting for Baker to do well. 
I don't have any hard feelings. I don't. Oh, no, I don't either. I, I want him. I don't really care about the Bucks. Um, but I will be like passively like. I was hey, I self self admittedly I was a Baker Mayfield apologist until I realized that it was just never going to work here. Yeah. So I mean, and I like was, you, I don't I, I don't I root against on. him. Yeah. I mean, unless he's playing the Browns, I'm not going to root against him. I just. Whatever he's do gone. We, do we play the Bucks this year? I don't we think we do. We played the NFC South last year, so we have no game against yeah. the NFC yeah. South this year. Yeah. Plus, it's the so. Super Bowl, right? Uh, that would be a Super Bowl everybody expects. Switch gears here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you add Bucks, Bucks Browns? Let's oh put a God. couple bucks on the on the betting app, on the sports betting app. Oh my that. God, I would a hundred percent be betting like my life savings on the Bucks. You know, oh, yeah. everything that this city of Cleveland has gone through, you know that that Baker Mayfield will be winning that game and just stomping that trophy right in our face. Yeah. And they had more insult to injury. How many championships does Tampa have in like the last three or four years? <sighs> <sighs> yeah. A Super Stanley Bowl, Cups, Super Bowl. How many Stanley Cups? Two, at least two. Yeah, they went back to back, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They might get a World Series this year. Friggin' Rays are yeah. unconscious. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like Tampa's yeah. lost a Stanley Cup Finals and a World Series over the spirit. Even though too. they, pl- even, so though they first even though they, even though they play their place. baseball games in a tuna can. Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' Tropicana. Anyway, uh, did anybody else see the uh, Brian Windhorst uh, meme resurface today? Uh, I saw somebody was talking about Wendy, but I don't know why. Yeah, so was Brian... Do, was he doing more weird antics? Winhorst was on... Uh, this guy makes headlines for not saying stuff. Yeah, but he's always he always ends up being right. He predicted everything the Utah Jazz were going to do last year. I'm not... I, hey, that I'm not... I didn't mean that as a shot so at him. So, he was on ESPN Cleveland this morning, and uh, they were, you know, the... Um, Free agency in the NBA, uh, the tampering period or whatever, I think starts July first. Um, so he was on, and and uh, the hosts, uh, Aaron Goldhammer, Chris Chris Oldak, asked him, um, you know, what he's hearing about the Cavs. You know, what do you think the Cavs are going to do? And here was his uh, quote: "I have some speculation. There's a couple couple of outlandish stuff that I'm not going to say right now because I'd get in trouble. I wish I could tell you more, and I know I shouldn't tease you, but." That's that. And a lot of people are taking it as him going like this again. You know how he did last year with the – The finger pointing with the – Yeah. The what could be happening in Utah thing. The Jazz traded Royce O'Neal, and he goes, (laughs) now why would the Jazz do that? Yeah. (laughs) And then right after that, they trade Rudy Gobert, and then they end up trading Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So a lot of people are taking it to be like, Hmm. are the Cavs going to swing for the fences again? Um, Well, I do know that there was – Potential talk with the the 76ers about Tobias Harris. Yeah, they wanted they wanted Evan Mobley and and, and Jared, Jared Allen and, and a draft picks. pick. Yeah, they they wanted an obscene sum. Which there's maybe three or four players in the NBA currently I would trade Evan Mobley for. Yeah. Tobias Harris is not one of them. I'm fine with moving Allen uh, if if. So t- I, I think oh, I think I, yeah. we're sorry. Your call to the Cavaliers yeah. was not. I thought, you're gonna, I thought you were going to give me a fax dial. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think all of us would be okay moving on from Jared Allen. So I'm really not going to be like, like okay, which of the Cavs' core four, as they call them, are you okay with them trading? Mm-hmm. I want to know, is there anybody in the Cavs' big three, Mobley, Mitchell, Garland, that now, when when Windhorse does not mince words and he does not over exaggerate, so when he says he's heard things outlandish, yeah, 
I'm not talking about trading Jared Allen. I'm not talking about packaging Chetty Osman in a draft pick to, to bring somebody in. I think he's talking about the Cavs have held serious conversations about I now let me put it let me put it out here this way. I'm asking about the, the core three or the big three. Unless they're getting Giannis Adenakumpo, I don't think the Cavs are trading Evan Mobley. Right. So there's been much a hullabaloo about Donovan Mitchell this year about how he's going to be going to Mets games. He's talking about how the atmosphere in Madison Square Garden was amazing. Mm-hmm. He's from the New York area. It's not lost on people that he was almost traded to the Knicks before the Cavs traded for him. So there is that there, and we have the scars of the best player, arguably of all time, leaving our organization twice. So when we start hearing this stuff, now I think it's it's a little bit outlandish this year because there, he's under contract for two more years. It's not like he's going to leave us in free agency this year. But I don't I don't put it against Cavs fans for feeling a little bit squeamish about Donovan Mitchell possibly leaving us high and high and dry and not re-signing with us. But out of the big three, who, if anybody, would you be willing to trade to see if you can try and bring back another star to try and uh, improve the roster? Is there any of those three? Yeah, I think it it is. It's Mitchell far and away. Yeah. I'm not going to – I like Garland. I like Mobley too much. You know, we we brought those guys into the NBA, and everything you just said about Mitchell, I think, rings true. He's gone in another couple of years. There's I, I, there's zero chance we could re-sign him. I just don't see it happening. I agree with you. If 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 the if the roster and the status quo remains the same, yeah. Um, if we could really bring who, in the thing about for me, the thing about trading Mitchell is. You have to be guaranteeing me that we are getting somebody equal or better in return. Right. And the market for that would be very limited. Right. I don't know. Maybe it could be like a three-team deal, you know what I mean, where we bring in another team to bring in some more assets. Mm-hmm. You know, some if we could get like a, a bona fide stud and a really great veteran 3 and D type. You know, I feel like we could – every NBA team could use a, a veteran 3 and D, sure. always. You can't have enough shooters. You can't God, have enough – the Cavs have been looking for one. For we, for, right, yeah. Ever How since 23 now? left in 2018. Yeah, there's – there's you could always use more of those. So if you could tell me, like, all right, Mitchell for – a draft pick and a bona fide star and a three and D type. Well, then, yeah, that sounds delicious. Let's sign me up for that. But like, I don't, I don't see where that exists out there. Like, of yeah. all of the other teams that have stars, they've already like, a lot of teams are already shooting their shot and trying to, you know, I, I just don't see where the market is. If I had to pick one of those three to put on the block, it would be Mitchell for okay. sure. Interesting. I just don't know if it's feasible. Yeah, Steve, what do you think? I'm kind of in agreement with Ryan because I don't know that you'd be able to get much of a return for Jared Allen right now. I think before the playoffs, well, Allen's off the table. I'm, I'm not talking you about Allen. You would have been able to, you would have been able to get pretty good return for him before that awful playoff series. But now you are at the point where, yeah, I don't think, I don't think realistically you're trading Garland. I don't think realistically you're trading Mobley. So that pretty much means that it's got to be Mitchell, unless if. 
unless if by moving either Mobley or Garland, and in that case it would be more likely Garland, that you would return another superstar and yeah. you wouldn't have to give up other assets to get it, which does seem a little unlikely. Yeah. I don't think I the rest in the right I'll just say this right now. Possible. I'm not moving Mobley because he I, is absolutely not movable I, because, in any scenario. Again, because like you're not unless you're getting Giannis or friggin' uh, b- b- you know, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. I mean, unless you're getting a bona fide MVP caliber player, I'm not moving Mobley because I think that his ceiling is an MVP caliber player. Yeah. Remember, he's 21. Yeah, he's young. Like, he still looks like a baby deer out there. He, you yeah, know, he, he needs to keep gaining weight and keep getting stronger, and he's gonna, he's got a very high ceiling. Here's the thing, uh, I, I see. I would not move Mitchell. I think having Donovan Mitchell on the roster gives you your best chance of competing for a championship. I agree. This and, year, and it gives you the best chance of recruiting free agents. Right, and it gives you the best chance. I of would, building. I would be looking to make a trade that makes us. For me, better in the now, you might sacrifice a little bit on the future, but also a trade that would entice Donovan Mitchell more enough to want to re-up with the Cavs. To me, there is one trade out there and one trade only. And again, you might have to add or subtract pieces to it, but I'm talking about the main points, the framework of a deal. And if it's me and I'm Kobe Altman, as much as I love him, I'm calling Portland, and oof. I'm offering Darius Garland for Damian Lillard oof. straight up. Is that a good oof? Or That's a, a good oof. That's a very – I don't know. Portland would need more, so – Right, like, but um, the main crux of it like, – yeah. like even if I had to give up Jared Allen too, let's say, let's say I offer Darius Garland and Jared Allen for Damian Lillard. And like a pick. Or, and you tell yeah. me that I have Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and Evan Mobley, and then you fill in the pieces around them. Uh, yeah. Okay, so take take this with a grain of salt because I am a very self-admitted, not high basketball IQ guy. Yeah. The way that Dame and Mitchell both play, are there enough touches for the two of those to coexist? See, I think that's the issue that they have right now. Because they both shoot a lot. Right. That's the issue I think they have right now with Garland and Mitchell. And I just think Lillard is – A better version of Garland. Right, and he's been in the league. He's been in the playoffs multiple years, and Lillard is a better spot-up shooter. Like, like I think the, the give and take with two players like that is, okay, you're going to have sometimes when Mitchell is going to essentially act as the point guard and the other guy is going to be off the ball, mm-hmm. like a spot-up shooter or a cutter or whatever. Which Dame can do. I think Lillard is a much, much uh, – and, and again, I love Darius Garland. Ideally, I wouldn't want to trade him. I'd want him to take that next jump next year. But I think we're at the point with this team – when we went all in on the Donovan Mitchell trade last year, we don't have that luxury of waiting anymore. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would take the guy that I think is more of a sure thing and I think is going to be more consistent for you in the playoffs. And just to get back to what I was talking about, like there's there were time, there's times like – and it took a lot of the season for them to figure this out where, okay, Mitchell's going to have the ball for – four or five possessions and he's going to initiate the offense Darius Garland had to learn how to kind of like be out there on the wing and you know he's not he's not a bad spot up shooter he's not a great spot up shooter Damian Lillard's a great shooter no matter what it is yeah and Garland Um, when he's hot he's hot but when he's cold he's cold yeah that that, he's so streaky and for a team like Portland not a not a big market is not really expected to win all the time 
if you float them an idea of Darius Garland, who is signed to a max extension, mm-hmm. who you would have control of for the next four to five years, for a guy who now for the last couple of years has been rumored with trade discussions and will he resign and all this stuff, yep. you bring him to Cleveland and you say, okay, let's go all in. There's a certain somebody who's going to be a free agent after next year who is older now. He's clearly winding down his career. But if you if you flank him with Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell, tell me that that team is not going to win a championship. And, yes, I'm talking about LeBron James coming That's back here for a third time. Point. Listen, this is incredibly outlandish. And, you again, got- I'm using that word specifically because <laughs> Brian Windhorst used that word. Yep. And the other guy that I think – the Cavs might be talking to because they have tried to trade for him in the past. And I think that the Clippers are on the verge of blowing that team up. I think Paul George is there to be had too. I I don't definitely agree with that. I don't know what that for me, I would not trade Darius Garland for Paul George. I would try and trade Jared Allen and some sort of collection of picks and you know, whatever. Um, but for me, the only way I'm giving up one of the big three, which for me is Mobley, Mitchell, Garland, is if I call Portland and say, hey, let's center a deal around Lillard and Garland and let's make it work. That's the only way that I'm trading one of those three. And the Cavs have the Cavs have shown a propensity to, to swing and make big deals. They just did it last year. They did it how many times when LeBron was here the second time. Yeah. They're not scared of taking the big swing. So I don't know how feasible that is, but that would be the thing that I would. Uh... That would be the thing that I would be uh, looking to. Uh, looking to swing for. Yeah, I. I'm not opposed to either. I just I, think there's an opportunity there. There's I, been I, so much talk <laughs> about Lillard this offseason already. Yeah, and I know the thing is, though, I will say this to Dame's credit. He's been, like, committed to wanting to stick it out in Portland and, and whatever. But at the end of the day, if it makes too much business sense for Portland to to yeah. look at a, a, a package of right. Garland and who whatever else. To I think it's to the point now where he's been so loyal to where now he's to this point in his career where he's like, I've tried everything I could. Yeah. We just couldn't make it work. And I think, you know, he wouldn't be vilified for leaving and, oh, you're trying to create a super team. Like, no. he spent, what, how many years has he been in? He's been in Portland like 11, 12 years now. 12 years now? He's given them way too – he's given them an, enough leash to try and make something oh, work. Oh, yeah. More, more, frankly, more than most folks out there would right. would, would give an organization. So. Right. See, what, what do you think about that? I think a guy who has more – series winning buzzer beater three pointers than almost anybody in NBA history. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean he's shown yeah, I mean, he's shown to be clutch in the, the playoffs. The guy's got ice water in his veins. Yeah. He's been very good for a long time and I don't I don't think he's over the hill. I think he's still an extremely productive player. Sure. I honestly this obviously would be the dude, by I would far love to have David Lillard on by far team. the best team he's ever played on in the NBA. Mm-hmm. By far. He's never played with a guy like Donovan Mitchell, and even Evan, they've never had anybody around him that's had as much potential as Evan Mobley. No. So it would be extremely painful to see Darius Garland go, but if you're getting somebody like Damian Lillard in in return, 
And again, this isn't like I mentioned, you know, the year after about LeBron. This isn't a play to get LeBron back. I think Evan Mo a core of Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, and Damian Lillard could compete for a championship. Obviously. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Yep. So we'd still have to figure out how to, you know, keep a team from offensive <coughs> rebounds and stuff. Yeah. You know, right. the, we still have a problem with bigs, but you know Yeah. yeah we, hopefully we, just some greater toughness and greater just you know, general wherewithal with playoff basketball. That's another thing with Damian Lillard would help out with a lot. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why I brought up the Caesar series winning shots. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up because that was a huge talking point on social media today and uh, everything around the Cleveland sports verse, the Cleveland sports verse um, was the whole win horse thing. He, uh, he knows how to stay relevant. <laughs> Yeah, he does. About the NBA. I mean, this is his season right now. Is this, is yeah. free agency and trade season him, in the offseason. Him, him and Woj, man, yep. and Shams. Yeah, three of them. This is this is their time to go bananas. I do love that. Is that is a great? Oh, it's the best. That's a great meme. It's a great. Now, why yeah. would they do that? Yeah, he like leans back too. He's like, <laughs> yeah, and they just those. Uh, just now, why would they do that? A little slight head tilt. Yeah, <laughs> I have to, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. It's like a yeah. two and a half minute clip, and he's yeah. like explaining everything that the Jazz are going to do last off season before yeah. they did it yeah it's like he knew yeah he had the he had the inside scoop man yeah those guys are no joke so and then there's the uh there's the there's the brian winhorst uh collage video uh set to many men by fifth uh 50 cent i haven't seen that i'll have to send that to you <laughs> it's hilarious um so anyway yeah uh we'll see we'll see what happens uh Things are about to get spicy in the NBA. I think we're going to see a lot of movement, and especially a lot of movement with some top-tier stars in the NBA this year. I think we're going to see trades. We're going to see free agent moves. A lot of it um, because of the new CBA rules that are going to be going into effect. So uh, there is a much more of a uh, penalization. I don't even know if that's a word. Penalization? Penalization um, of the of the, of the the NBA tax line, luxury tax. Mm-hmm. So teams are going to be wheeling and dealing to get under that. So, uh, yeah. But uh, but anyway, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode of uh, Living Off the Land, unless we have anything else. Well, just looking back at the uh, Guardians, I was just going to mention, actually just until a minute ago, that it was still 0-0, and uh, oh. Gavin Williams was throwing a one-hitter until the eighth inning, and oh. the, the Royals took a one-nothing lead. So. Oh, God, I can't give the young guy any run support. You know, you know and I, I missed this point earlier. During the Guardians' last 12 games in which they went 6-6, six and six, in the games in which they gave up five runs or less, they went 4-0. and oh. hmm. They went 2-8 and eight in the games where they gave up five runs or more. Well, Ugh. it looks like that run's about to be broken here unless they yeah. score in the ninth inning. Thanks a lot, offense. Anyway, uh, thanks again, Ryan, for coming back. Heck yeah, man. Uh, hopefully see him more and more throughout the summer. Yes, sir. As we get ready for Brown season. Oh, sure. uh, you can follow Ryan on social media at R underscore Donathan question mark. Pretty sure it's he's I'm he's Ron he's <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> yes R underscore Donathan. He's tiptoeing back into social media a little bit. Yeah, I'm still lurking mostly, yeah. but yeah, yeah I'm he's out lurking there. in the shadows. <laughs> he's in the shadow realm. Uh, you can follow Steve at Steve McGee. You can follow me at Daniel J. Ford. You can follow the show at the LOTL Podcast. This has been episode 262. We appreciate you guys listening. And uh, not sure what we're going to do next week uh, because of the 4th of July holiday, but uh, we will be sure to put on social media when uh, and if we're recording next week. Hopefully it's a when, but uh, 
we'll, we'll let you know. So uh, for Ryan and Steven, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. If we don't talk to you, have a great 4th of July weekend, and uh, see ya.